Hey, and welcome back to the second episode of this mini-series on getting started with gamification. I'm very excited to have you here because today we are actually going to get started creating something for you. We're going to create a mini-experience from scratch using game mechanics. One of the biggest barriers that I've observed when people are about to create something by themselves is our own mental barrier. So today we are going to overcome those together, right? So this is what I'm going to do. I'm actually going to run this exercise myself live right here. I'm going to click pause on the five minutes it'll take for me to write some stuff down, right? I'll let you know when I click pause. You should, you'll do this. I'll ask you to do the same eventually during the episode, all right? And we will get to create a game one I, I'll do one myself, you do one yourself, and I would really love to listen to what you came up with, if you want to share it. If you don't, that's fine as well. Okay, so let's do this. Let's do this. So I'm going to go to this page. I'll be actually sharing it with you on professorgame.com slash random mechanics, all right? Professorgame.com slash random mechanics. And there you will be clicking on a button that gives you a random mechanic. You'll get a list of three random game mechanics as I am just about to do right now so you can gather some inspiration. So I'm going to do it. I'm going to show you how I do it myself. You're going to hear the click right now because I'm going to click here and I get three forced constant movement, switch modes and spinning plates, forced constant movement. What? does that actually look like? I'm going to look into the list, right? I'm actually looking. You can hear the keyboard. The player cannot stand still at any point. You know those games where, you know, the game is sort of moving around. Eventually, for example, in the first Mario, there are some of the, of the castles where, you know, the game is sort of moving and it catches up to you. You can die. So you're forced to be constantly moving. That is one of the game mechanics that I will be using. Switch modes, that's the second mechanic. Let me tell you what this one means. In this case, the player needs to constantly switch between two or more modes to effectively fight or move. So the examples that they provide are, for example, Pac-Man, which is the, one of the most popular ones. You're, first, you're running away from the ghosts, right? And you're trying to catch all of the, uh, of the balls that you can. But at some point, you eat one of the large ones that are they're shining through, and the ghosts become your prey. So you're running after them. You can catch them. You can eat them yourself. And then you switch back to the other one, right? So switching modes, the idea is that you'll be running back and forth between two or even more. And finally, I'm getting spinning plates. Players' attention must be split between multiple simultaneous objectives. They need sort of recharging as they deplete at different rates. The one I've seen that is... Uh, closest to this, and there's many, you know, marketed uh, versions of this game. Is you're in a diner, right? And people or clients are coming in through one of the two, three, or five tables, right? And as they come in, you have to sort of throw them their plate, and they start eating, and they start going back. If they eat but finish before they're done, they're going to start coming back in, and you have to throw them a plate. But of course, you have multiple tables. You know, you don't want to throw too many plates because they'll crash. You know, you have to be managing different things at the same time. So now I am going to click pause. I'm going to do the exercise myself with these game mechanics and show you not necessarily a great result. It's going to be just a result. I'm going to have created something, a mini game using these three game mechanics.
Hey, so for you, it didn't, it wasn't more than a second or two, but for me, it was somewhere around five minutes that it took me to actually complete this exercise. And, and again, I'll be inviting you at the end to do exactly that on professorgame.com slash random mechanics, right? So again, the idea is that I took these three mechanics that I mentioned before, the mechanics, let me repeat them, forced constant movement, switch modes, and spinning plates, and I created, I just wrote a paragraph or maybe two paragraphs of the description of what I think could be a game. Again, it's not a blockbuster, it's not going to be a AAA award-winning game necessarily. Maybe it is, maybe not. I have no idea. Maybe it never comes to life, but have a general idea of what a game with these mechanics could look like. So... In this one that I created, in this game, you're actually constantly moving, but the movement switches directions randomly every 20 seconds or so. The game is set in a haunted house, and your task is to have fewer than three ghosts awake at any time inside the screen, because otherwise they can manage to escape out into the world. But of course, you put them to sleep, and they are able to wake up again after a while. There can be different types of ghosts with different ways of movement, time to fall asleep, and total sleeping time. I don't know if you get the gist, but that would probably be a game that you could be engaged for with a while, hopefully, if you get to like it. But again, in less than five minutes, with three random game mechanics that I obtained from professorgame.com slash random mechanics, I created a game that I'm sharing with you right now. It's possible. And you'll say, well, Rob, you are, you know, this person who is dedicated to gamification. You've been doing this thing for a while. And it's kind of true. I've done this. I used to do this exercise every single day for several multiple months. And, you know, for other reasons, time scheduling, I haven't done it recently a lot. In fact, this is the first time I do it in a while for myself. But it is possible. Trust me, I do this in workshops all the time with my students. So let me give you some examples of what game mechanics could look like out there in the wild, right? So in real life. One of them, the first one, LinkedIn. You wouldn't, you wouldn't really think of LinkedIn as a gamified app or, or a game itself, right? You look at it and it's a very serious professional network, which it is, definitely is. Um, not, not doesn't look like it's very gamified. However, however, they did this very, you know, very smart, brilliant thing that they did. Because when you register, and, and try to think back of the time when you registered, if, if you're already in on part of that network, what do they ask of you? They ask your name and last name, I think, your email and a password, right? And account created like in most social networks. However, however, for LinkedIn and actually for you, those three pieces of information are not only not enough, they're basically useless for you to, you know, what's the objective of LinkedIn? Getting people together, you know, through a professional network for finding jobs or making business together. So with your name, you know, they're not going to do much. The email is not publicly available anyways. So again, useless information. What do they need to make this platform use, useful for LinkedIn, for companies, for business partners, and for you? They need you to have a very complete profile. But imagine, look at a very complete profile. Somebody you admire that has a great profile on LinkedIn. Look at all the things that they have on that profile. Do you think they did it, you know, when they were registering, they did all of those things, they put all that stuff up and even forget about the posts of the daily stuff, you know, just the information that is there that is sort of uh, fixed. Impossible, right? There's a lot of things to happen there. So they did this, they used a game mechanic called, what we call a progress bar. 
So this 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 small bar that shows you how far you are to having a complete LinkedIn profile. So if you register, you're probably going to have something like 1%, 2%, 5%, nothing, right? And you look at it and say, oh, what do I have so little? I already gave you my email, my name, and a password. What else do you want? You click on it. It asks you, you know, something like, I'm guessing here because this was a long time ago. What is your current occupation? Right? So you, know, you say, oh, right now I'm working here. It's like, oh, voila. Now you have something. It starts to be a little bit more useful because people know where you're working and what is your role right there. So let's say somebody is looking for somebody that does your role. They could find you and say, oh, this is the person I'm looking for because they're already doing this. But of course, that's usually not sufficient. You have to do other things like past roles, education, skills, etc., etc. How do you incentivize people into doing that? Too? How do you motivate? Well, with the progress bar. Simple game mechanic that got results through the roof for LinkedIn. In fact, a colleague of mine, Bernardo Latif, he was actually in a talk where the developer of this feature was discussing how it took them five minutes to code it but you know the difficult part was coming up with what was actually going to be the feature which is something we kind of just did with the random game mechanics of course they didn't do it randomly they just used their ideas their creativity to come up with something like this and you might think oh rob yeah but that's linkedin that's a huge company well let's look at other examples as well how about duolingo have you heard of the language learning app duolingo and there, by the way none of the examples i'm I'm mentioning are at least at this time sponsors of my business in any way. I'm just using them as examples, right? And they, they're not endorsing anything. They don't even probably know that I'm mentioning them, all right? So Duolingo, Duolingo uh, does many things that does look a lot more like a gamified app, right? So you see it and it looks a little bit like a game. You have points, you have, you know, have gems, you have all these things that make it look a little bit more gamey, all right? But there is one thing in particular that I'd like to discuss here, which is in language learning, as you might or might not know, one of the most important things is consistent practice. Unlike some other of the skills that you might learn in life, in language learning, it's about doing it over and over and over and over and over again. In that case, why do language learning academies fail, you know, fail more than they would like to? Because you go to class, you know, once a week, twice a week, maybe, and then you're back in your normal life and you're not practicing. You know, you get a homework, which is the best that they can do, right? But there is not really a, it's not easy to get that follow-up. So these people at Duolingo, they did a very, very smart thing. They said, look, we're an app, so we can be there anywhere at any time with you. So you can bring us if you're going to work, if you're going to travel, whatever you, we can always be there with you. And we want you to practice every single day. So they used this mechanic, this game mechanic called streaks, or that we call streaks. What does that mean? It means that if you've been doing, you know, Duolingo every single day for the past 10 days, you have a 10-day streak. If you've been doing it for 100 days, you have a 100-day streak. And as you can imagine, the more days you've been doing this in a row, the more valuable it gets to you. Because, you know, you lose a two-day streak and say, ah, oh, you know, I can get a two-day streak in a couple of days. But what if your, your, your streak is already getting to the 50s? to the hundreds, right? Getting that back requires a significant amount of effort. So you are going to go a little bit further, or at least above and beyond oftentimes, to get that practice in. And there, there's two things that are happening, right? You are getting in your practice, even if it's, you know, sort of, you're being moved into doing it by something external as 
the streak, right? But you are achieving your intrinsic objective of language learning by doing that practice regularly every single day, right? So that's another example of using, and these two I've, I've, I've given you, they're using a single game mechanic to achieve those objectives. And, and, and again, Duolingo and LinkedIn, they do a lot of other things. But what I'm showing you, just like you are in your business, in your classes, wherever you're at, I know you're do doing a million things right now. The question is, what is one thing that you, you want to improve, that you want to get more traction, more engagement on, that could be improved by using something like a game mechanic? And final example, there's one thing called Todoist. It's, it's a basically a to-do list, right? But there's one thing that I know that they do differently. They use what they call karma points. So these are just points, but they call them karma points because you get positive karma points for completing the tasks that you yourself committed to doing and negative points for failing to do those tasks that you committed. So you're looking at maintaining a positive balance and you say, well, Rob, the thing is I could sort of trick myself into it and, and not write everything down that I'm supposed to do. But if you think, and there's many theories around this, but if you think deeply about it, you know, it, it is actually better that you honestly put down what you're able to achieve so that you can also scope how far you're going to reach. Like if you have a huge to-do list that you're saying, I'm going to finish all of this today, and you're never going to finish it because it's too much. It's a lot better for you to say, well, it's, this is the huge to-do list, but let me say what I'm going to do today and be realistic about it. Challenging, right? So that it's, you know, you can get more <laughs> potential positive points for completion. And maybe you don't do some of them and you still get the negative ones, but that it's still, you know, in a range of something that is kind of possible, but also that it's not too much that you get all those negative points. So you're actually doing something good for your to-do list because you don't want to get those negative karma points and you want to gather as many. So you're, you're pushing yourself to get as many positive ones, but you also don't want to push yourself too much that the balance is potentially going to the other side of negative karma points. You see, these are very, very, and I'm definitely simplifying what they do, but the, the, the mechanics that I'm mentioning, they are there and this is exactly what they are doing to achieve those objectives you see so there are things that can be done that you can do for you for your business for your project whatever that looks like they're going to help you push that engagement push those kpis push you forward into doing something better so now i am going to challenge you i'm going to challenge you into doing what i did at the start so that you can see that it actually is possible for you to use game mechanics and create a game. So you can be a little bit of a game designer. After you do this, right, you're gonna take, you're gonna hit pause when I when I ask you to hit pause. You're gonna take five minutes, use a chronometer to, to book those five minutes. You're gonna click on professorgame.com slash random mechanics. Click on the button, generate those game mechanics and use them yourself to create a game or a very quick experience with those. If it's related to your business or your class or whatever you're doing, your project, great. If not, it is just as great because what I want you to do here is to be able to see yourself achieving the possibilities that game mechanics do for you. So again, you're going to click pause right now and go to professorgame.com 
slash random mechanics, do the exercise and come back to us. You didn't click pause, now is the time. Right, so I'm guessing and hoping that you did click pause and went to professorgame.com slash random mechanics, did the exercise and came up with some idea. Again, it doesn't have to be a blockbuster, a AAA award-winning game or gamified experience. That is fine. This is just about you taking those first steps in using game mechanics to gamify your business, your KPIs, your project, your classroom, whatever that looks like. So if you did it already, voila, congratulations, you've taken your first step. If you haven't, I also understand you might be listening to this, you know, maybe driving in your car or elsewhere, you will get an email after, you know, on the next email for the next episode, if you haven't gotten it already, with the link to what I just mentioned. So you do the exercise yourself if you haven't, and if not, it's easy. Professorgame.com slash random mechanics. So once you stop driving and you can actually sit down for literally five minutes with a notepad, or even you can, I, I I recognize, I do recommend writing it down physically, but it's up to you if you want to do it in your iPad or tablet or your phone, whatever that looks like, and type down the ideas that come to your mind of what a game or a gamified experience could be using those three random game mechanics that you will get through the link professorgame.com slash random mechanics. Right, fantastic. Congratulations and see you on the next and final episode.